Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Overzealous Foul Ball Catcher. Mr. Overzealous Foul Ball Catcher. You're nowhere close to that foul ball heading for the bleachers. Who cares? You're going for it. Let both mine. Hot dog vendors, old ladies, infants. You mow them over like a diesel-powered combine. Yeah! Ashamed of your souvenir fervor? Hardly. You scratch and gouge your way to the ball like a bloodthirsty wolverine. You're a feisty rodent. So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light, Mr. Bully of the Bleachers. Because why pay for a souvenir when you can fight for one? Mr. Overzone's Bob Bud Light Beer at Isaac St. Louis, Missouri. Ground ball to the right side. Stopped there by Mujic. The flip to Minajik. That'll do it. Small country. Big dreams. Czech Republic. You ain't dreaming. You just won your first World Baseball Classic game. one more time set and here comes the 2-2 pitch to Edgar Martinez down the fastball swung on at the deep center field Bernie Williams goes back and it is get out the right bread and the mustard this time grandma it is a grand salami and the Mariners lead it 10 to 6 I don't believe it From high atop the Robinson Gearing Studio Complex and straight out of God's country, Pauley's Island, South Carolina, the Let's Talk Baseball Podcast Network proudly presents Backwards K Pod. And now, here's the host of the show, Jake Robinson. Good moment, baseball universe. What is up? Once again, back is the incredible, the pod animal, Jake the Snake Robinson from the Let's Talk Baseball Podcast Network. I'm coming out of Paulie's Island, South Kakalaki, half man, half podcast machine. Back in the Captain Kirk chair, shields down, photons up. Prepare to engage on this week's digital audio program that I call Backwards K-Pod, where... We collect ball players and their stories. What's cracking, seam heads? What's juicy? Want to welcome all of you and your beautiful earlobes back into my audio arena here for yet another week of baseball eargasms as we traverse baseball space and time. And we're going to do that through our indelible moments and the litany of characters who have not only made the sport what it is today, but we're also on the ones that, you know, who are now propelling baseball to our future destiny in the 21st century. And hello, everybody. Jake the Snake Robinson here. How are you? I got your hookup. Holler if you hear me. Backwards K Pod is available on all podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to your pods, Google, Chromecast, Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Podbean. Even Alexa got me on lock in her uh, little digital Rolodex there. So, I'm all tangled up in the web, bro. Come and get some. I will never charge you for the baseball content here at Backwards uh, K-Pod. Uh, 
I personally, I would never pay for any podcast show ever. So I'm certainly not about to do that to my beautiful audience. Not now, not never. No Patreon. No pay-to-play crowdsourcing. I'm just going to show up every Tuesday with that free baseball smoke. You don't want that smoke. And I'm going to keep it consistent like Otani, baby. This show and this audience, that's my true love in life. There, there's nothing in this world, besides my daughter, you know, There's not, but there's nothing in the world that I'd rather be doing than talking baseball with you, the audience. So, if you really want to help me, keep your money. Break me off on those rate and reviews. If you're on Spotify or Apple, wherever you have the ability to leave a rate and review, please do so as you see fit. Those reviews and comments... They give me a stronger profile in the search engines, and ostensibly, it's it's how I put food on my uh, family's table. So, by all means, rate and review, baby. Give me those stars. I love them. And I tell you freaks all the time, my goal in life, here in my back nine, is to spread the gospel of baseball and leave a historical account behind for our future generations. The game is constantly evolving now. It is a much different brand of baseball than, say, when I was seven years old. And do I miss some of those things? Some of those things that I had in baseball as a kid? Sure. I mean, even though I grew up a fan of an AL team in an AL city, I always enjoyed the NL brand a little bit more than the AL brand. And yes, I know I'm in the minority. I miss pitchers batting instead of this, you know, universal DH. That's me, but I've learned to let it go. The fans have spoken, and they want the universal DH. So, I can either cry about it, or I can stop watching baseball and get with the program. On the flip side of that theoretical question, do I enjoy some of the changes to the game since I was a kid? Absolutely. I love the wild cards, and, and that wasn't always the case. I was steadfast against wild cards when it was proposed by Bud Steeling. And you know what? Baseball was right. I was wrong. The wild cards have been fantastic for the MLB product. And last year when baseball decided to officially expand the wild card format, I was again steadfast against that decision. But again, I was wrong. I thought the expanded playoffs were great last year after 162 games. And I actually had relevant games to watch in August and September as an Orioles fan. And nothing bad came from it. The season wasn't watered down. It did zero to hurt the game or its integrity. And it generated excitement in more cities and more storylines. Well, here in 2023, baseball has made many changes to the game. As all of us C-Meds are aware, right? Some of these rule changes I support. And there are others that I'm skeptical about. And though the climate over these rule changes have cooled off a little bit as the spring training data slowly streams in, the overall visceral rage over the rule changes in the beginning, it, it fascinated me. It fascinated me. And I'll tell you why. I consider myself a baseball purist. But I'm not staunch. You'll never hear me say I miss stolen bases in the game. To me, a staunch purist would say that. I'm real protective about my outs. And six times caught or more is over two innings of outs 
I'd rather keep those. Thank you very much. Now, I also recognize that there are fans out there who love the speed game. You know, most of them are probably Cards and 80s fans from the 80s, but whatever. These fans exist, right? I don't need baseball to cater to my perspective alone. It's give and take. I give you a chance to see more stolen bases in the game, and in return, I get to see the stifling shift leave the game. And folks, that's life. That's real fucking life. Not in the context of how the world works today. Where everyone is so tribal and bubble-wrapped in their own perspective. We become a world of no compromise. Now everybody has a platform to say what they feel now. It, it's an odd phenomenon that is new in our world. It's a curse and a blessing. It's created this safe place where we can all leave our beliefs in a post. And I'm guilty too. But that word belief is a problem today. People will run to their social media sites, use a lot of selective outrage, Chris Rock, and tell you all about their beliefs. And that's all it was in the beginning of these rule changes. We hadn't seen one pitch yet, but your belief system is telling you this is what's going to happen because of these rule changes, and why aren't all of you agreeing with me in my outrage? But folks, beliefs are tricky. It's impossible to deter anyone in any topic once their belief system is impugned or attacked. No one wants to hear, hey, your beliefs are horseshit. It's always better to have ideas than a belief structure. People have died over their beliefs. It's much easier to debate the merits of an idea rather than the merits of of your beliefs. Arguing against someone's belief usually leads to like this contentious, cyclical argument that goes nowhere. Add to that the factor that baseball, let's face it, has always been slow to change. And all of a sudden, the powers that be hit us with a plethora of these new rules. And I can tell for some fans, after re- uh, you know reading all the rage... I got to think it must have been so overwhelming for you. But I'm going to be honest, folks. I actually commend baseball on trying some new things. For once, baseball is being uh, proactive and not reactive to change. And even if I don't agree with one or two of these changes, and I don't, I'm willing to let it play out and see what we got. Yeah, there was a time when if the outfielder called a fly ball on one hop, it was an out. The game is over 100 years old. It has evolved through all our changes in different eras, and we've covered a lot of them here at BKP. And, folks, it's going to continue to do so long after we're gone. Hopefully. So let it play out. What's the worst that can happen? Manfred was right and you were wrong. Now, that might be a major hit to some of your egos out here, considering the unadulterated hate some of you have against him, but it is possible, right? He could be right, and you could be wrong. Just like me and Bud Selig back in the 90s. Selig was right, and I was wrong. And look, a lot of us were wrong. There were a lot of proponents. It was not a slam-dunk, popular move realigning, expanding the postseason. There's really no need 
to be so hypersensitive over rule changes. My God. Major League Baseball has actually done the research on what people think will make the game better. They use the minor leagues as like their guinea pigs most of the time, and they like the results of what they saw. So please, by all means, try not to make these things so personal, folks. It's baseball. If it gets more eyes on the game, then I truly don't care. If these rules add excitement, offense, and more people are watching and playing around the world, then I'm all for it, bruh. And I opened the show talking about changes in the game because this week I want to talk about a major change in baseball in the 21st century. And believe it or not, it too wasn't universally accepted in the beginning. Many people openly scoffed at the idea. And it certainly had more than its fair share of detractors and haters. And a lot of people were wrong. And Major League Baseball hit the jackpot in what is now a growing worldwide baseball phenomenon. There is no need for uh, our little time travel choo-choo today. I'm going to keep it right here in 2023 this week as I will be breaking down the history of the World Baseball Classic Tournament and... I'm even going to have my good friend Abel Rosario call in, and we're going to give you our 2023 WBC Power Rankings after one week of tourney play so far. So, I see the catcher is coming down. Oh, nice little slap tag there, shortstop. That's some El Mago action there. Okay, okay. They're throwing that rock around the infield, so let's get after it. The World Baseball Classic. Or the WBC, as kids like to call it. The biggest international baseball tournament on the planet. That began in 2006. It is officially sanctioned by the International Baseball Federation. It's supported by MLB. Japan's Nippon Professional Baseball League. The Korean Baseball Organization. And Major League Baseball's Player Association. As well as... Uh, other leagues around the world in conjunction with their player unions. The second tournament was held in 2009 with subsequent tourneys held every four years. The WBC is the first international tournament to feature Major League Baseball players. The Olympics always conflicted with the MLB season. In 2000, the IOC allowed MLB players to participate for the first time, but because of the seasonal schedule, there was very tepid excitement and cooperation from Major League Baseball. As you know, MLB, they didn't permit players on a 40-man roster to participate. In the early 2000s, Bud Selig begins thinking of ways to partner Major League Baseball with the world. And much like Manfred today, any idea that Bud Seeler came up with was always matched, uh, you know, uh, against dissenters and trolls who think Bud is a radicalized puppet for the owners, who has no idea how to grow the game, 
But Selig was convinced of his vision of putting baseball on the global stage. And he was intent on seeing this to fruition. Despite everyone saying it'll never work. Who would even play in it in May of 2005? After careful negotiations with the MLB Players Union, the framework for the groundbreaking tournament was announced. There were serious obstacles to overcome before that announcement could be heard, though. Uh, in fact, the hope was to play the tournament in March of 05, but negotiations with uh, MLBPA, team owners, and the International Baseball Federation, it stalled a time uh, and bureaucratic red tape, setting the timetable back a little bit. The owners, most notably George Steinbrenner from the Yankees, had serious concerns about a star playing being injured in the tournament. Again, going back to hypersensitive beliefs without, you know, having even tried it yet. What I just talked about. Well, here's a fact. No player has had a seizing or career-ending injury in the history of the Classic. Now, spring training, on the other hand, I'm just saying. Not that a player couldn't lose a year at the WBC. I mean, it's athletics. Of course they can. But the chances are no greater than getting hurt at spring training. In fact, the data suggests otherwise for some weird reason. The players' union's objection was the drug testing. Baseball wanted to enforce international standards of law. And the players said, nah, we like the MLB's 2005 horseshit model drug testing uh, instead. And eventually, the owners were awarded insurance on the players' contracts and they compromised on the drug testing. Another rule was amended when MLB pro- prohibited all of the teams from directly blocking healthy players from participating who wanted to. Meanwhile, across the Pacific, the Nippon Professional Baseball League and the Japanese Players Union, they encountered some contentious negotiations as well. The league owners had initially accepted the invite to participate, but The players voiced concern over the time of year as baseball in Japan traditionally starts in March. And they wanted to make sure the absolute best players would make the team if they wanted to represent Japan. So after four months of negotiation, the Nippon Professional Baseball League accepted the invite officially on September 15, 2005. Now, another dilemma was what to do about Cuba. And you truly cannot have an international baseball tournament without the Cubans. If that happens right off the bat, the WBC loses credibility, and they look like a tournament that puts America and her foreign policies ahead over real competition. Besides, I'm a firm believer that sports and competition... It's one of the best olive branches of peace one world-class athlete can give to another. And I also believe it can proliferate down to better communication and understanding of one another. There was a genuine concern over whether the United States government would allow the Cubans to play in the United States if they advanced the second round of games, which were scheduled to be played on American soil. 
Finally, the government guarantee was obtained only weeks before the tournament was set to begin. And had they been denied, the tournament would be threatened by cancellation for sure, before it even started. But as you can see, to my point, sports and competition has the beautiful ability to bridge the divide. Even between the U.S. government and the Castro regime. The original tournament makeup was made by invitation. And it consisted of traditional baseball powers like the United States, Japan, Korea, Cuba. It also included countries that produced a large number of MLB talent over the years. Countries like Venezuela, Puerto Rico, the Netherlands, Canada, Taiwan, Australia, Mexico. It also included countries that reflected the geographical diversity of professional baseball, such as South Africa, China, Italy. There was this almost arbitrary choice of teams in the first tournament. And unfortunately, teams like Nicaragua and Colombia missed out despite the popularity of the game in those nations. But to tournament organizers' credit, they realized the problem of leaving those two countries out in the cold. The WBC expanded to a 16-team preliminary round to be played in the fall of 2012. That preliminary round, it included the four teams that had failed to win a first-round game in 2009. Canada, Panama, South Africa, and Taiwan. And it also incorporated 12 other teams. Brazil, Colombia, Czech Republic, France, Germany, Great Britain, Israel, New Zealand, Nicaragua, the Philippines, Spain, Thailand. The 16 teams were then divided into four pools for a double elimination tournament. The system promoted two new teams to the show in Brazil and Spain. And that was to the detriment of Panama and South Africa, who lost their bid to compete in the upcoming tournament. And the qualification formula was again reprised in time for the 2017 tournament with a list that now included Pakistan, who was making their first WBC appearance, and they were replacing Thailand. Israel and Colombia would also make their first WBC appearance after winning their respective pools in the 2017 WBC qualifier. COVID-19 would decimate plans for the 2020 World Baseball Classic, and this year's tourney is a well-welcomed return after a six-year hiatus. The WBC isn't just players representing the countries they were born in. It allows players to play for countries they become citizens of, or maybe they just want to represent them for a myriad of reasons. In fact, the rules are pretty relaxed when it comes to guys representing a country. Maybe in time, as teams get better and better, like the way international basketball got better, after being wiped out by the Dream Team and the Olympics of 1992, Barcelona, Spain. These rules may change over time, but right now, baseball does it right in my opinion. This is how the game gets better internationally. Now, my mother, my grandmother, they were born in Japan, so technically, by rule, I would be eligible to play for Team Samurai Japan, although, yeah, they're a bunch of Freaks, I doubt I'm making that squad. But look, France, you ever get your shit together in baseball and you got a 24-man 
You know, you got 24 men for your 25-man roster. Holler at your boy. I'm eligible. My pops was born in Grenoble. So, after a six-year pause because of this COVID-19, the WBC is back in 2023. And we are literally a full week into round one play. A record 20 squads are battling it out for global baseball supremacy right now as I speak to you. Uh, Japan is the most decorated team thus far in WBC history, beating Cuba in 2006 and South Korea in 2009. The Dominican Republic took home the strap in 2009 and The United States are currently the defending champions after winning their first WBC title in 2017. Daisuke Matsuzaka, pitcher from Japan. He's the only two-time WBC tournament MVP, securing the hardware in his first two classics of 2006 and 2009. And man, that feels like just yesterday, but we're talking 14 years ago. Where the hell is time going? Robinson Cano, who has seen an unbelievable spiral in his career. He won 10 years ago with the championship Dominican team, 2013. And Marcus Stroman, who who pitched six-plus innings of no-hit ball in a 2017 championship game for the United States against Puerto Rico. And he is the last classic MVP winner to date. And look, I want to take a commercial break here. Go out, get my boy Abel Rosario on the line. Break this 2023 tournament down so far. But before I do, let's go inside the numbers here for this amazing baseball tournament that continues to grow in popularity. The World Baseball Classic established in 2005. The first tournament was played in 2006. And I'm going to give you the top three finishers of the previous four tournaments to date. In 2006, Japan won the inaugural tournament. Cuba placed second. Korea came in third. 2009, Japan repeats as classic champs, beating out arch-rival Korea. They came in second. Venezuela placed third. 2013, the Dominicans took home the crown by beating Puerto Rico and Japan came in third. In 2017, the U.S. captured their first crown beating Puerto Rico who for the second classic in a row came up just short for the title and Japan placed third. So, to recap, Japan has won twice and they've placed in every tournament so far and it looks like they're at least going to place in this one. The traditional powers of the United States, the Dominican Republic, Japan, they've all won titles. And Puerto Rico has been to the championship round twice. And here, let's take a look at some of the all-time leaders and some key stats going on, uh, going into this year's WBC extravaganza. Most games played, Carlos Beltran with 28. Beltrade also holds the record for at-bats with 95. The most hits in WBC history belongs to Frederick Cepeda of Cuban with 32. 
He also has the most career WBC RBIs with 23, as well as the most walks with 22. So 23 ribs, 22 walks, that's pretty fucking beast. And he's tied with Canada's uh, Justin Morneau for the most doubles with eight. His fellow countryman, Alfredo Despagna, he has the most home runs in WBC history with seven. Joanna Cespedes has hit the most triples, three. Both Soyoshi Nishioka and Ichiro from Japan, they share the career stolen base record along with Jimmy Rollins of the United States with five. Mike Ceranic of the Czech Republic has the highest career average in tournament history at 550. Ken Griffey Jr. of the United States owns the best career OVP at 583 and slugging percentage at 1.048. On the pitching side, Matsuzaka has the most tournament wins with six. Yadel Marti from the Cuba Sports uh, team, the best career ERA, 0.0. 12 and two-thirds innings pitched. Diego Mar Markwell from the Kingdom of the Netherlands. Uh, his 28 innings pitched is the most innings pitched in classic history. Josh Zeed out of Israel. He owns the career strikeout mark in classic history with 24. Fernando Rodney. He, uh... Well, he leads... Fernando Rodney leads all WBC closers with eight career saves. Miguel Cabrera has played in all five tournaments for Venezuela. And Oliver Perez has represented Team Mexico in all five tournaments as well. So, there you have it, folks. The history of the WBC. Oliver Records. I think it's a good place to take our very first commercial break and show history. What do you think? When we get back, I'll have uh, show friend Abel Rosario on the line. We're going to break down the current 2023 World Baseball Classic going on right now. Some of the amazing storylines of the tournament as well as our power rankings of the current field of teams and so much more. And look, guys, you know... I can talk for hours straight with no break. Especially when it comes about baseball. You know. But if I'm being honest, I'm taking this new format. Gives me a little time to gather my thoughts before I move forward. Folks, please support the products who support me. I don't just take sponsors willy-nilly. I always try to keep it credible with you guys. I'm never going to pimp out something I don't use or believe in. So look, drink Budweiser and drink a lot of it. I want to take a break, pay some bills, let my boy Pod Squatch explain our other sponsor for you. And I'll see you guys on the other side of the break with more WBC and our friend Abel Rosario. Executive producer of Backwards K Pod. In Texas, we do everything big. After football and golf, 
There's probably nothing I love more than going fishing and enjoying a good crawfish bowl. The only thing I dislike about going fishing is the lingering odor it can leave on your hands afterwards. Well, the Fish and Hand Cleaner is an all-natural liquid soap perfect for overpowering fish and bait odors from your hands. I can't tell you how many times I've eaten steamed crabs, lobster, shrimp, crawfish, and then washed my hands with regular soap, only to touch my eyes half hour later, and my face begins to melt off due to the damn Cajun no base boxes. Well, we also have a hand cleaner, specifically formulated to use after eating shellfish and other seafoods. Perfect for cleaning spicy, smelly hands after a Texas-sized seafood feast. In these cases, don't settle for anything less than our crawfish hand cleaner, our crab hand cleaner, or the fishing hand cleaner. An ingenious trifecta of natural hand soaps developed and owned by a disabled Navy veteran. He and Jake have a true connection, as they were boot camp shipmates all the way back in 1989. So he is family, folks. And one thing we do here at the Let's Talk Baseball Podcast Network is look out for family. So you can support two grassroots companies by two former shipmate Navy vets. Crushing big bowls of shellfish or fishing on the banks of your favorite river while you listen to BKP. Sounds like a great day. You know, in fact, hey, Ma, where are my poles? I'm gone fishing. There's also a buffalo wing hand cleaner in development as we speak. To check all of the incredible products of this great company, you can go to www.crawfishhandcleaner.com or call the home offices at 713-588-0290. That's 713-588-0290 to support the grassroots company that supports your grassroots podcast show. That's crawfishhandcleaner.com or 713-588-0290 to prepare for your summertime shellfish feast or that fishing trip you're planning. Crawfishhandcleaner.com I know it's a little long. I just want you guys to get the backstory. I'm going to run that for a couple weeks, and then I'll tighten that up. I'm never going to deluge you with a uh, deluge you with a bunch of commercials here. I promise you that. But I did think it was important that uh, you get that backstory there. And I want you guys to get a full grasp of this product. I know we have guys in here who love the fish. And I know we got tunes in here who love to eat seafood. Either way, I got you covered here at BKP. With this groundbreaking new formula. So, the first segment of the show, I just wanted to give you a brief synopsis and overview 
about the history of the tournament. And yes, after a six-year absence, the WBC is back. And I'm going to go get my boy Abel Rosario on the line. He's a huge fan of the classic. So I really want to know where his headspace is after a week into the 2023 WBC. So the show is going to have a topical uh, feel to it this week, as that is kind of rare. As most of you know, I'm more or less always digging into the history of baseball. But this is a good change of pace for me. Lest any of you think I can't go topical. I can only speak historically. Totally not true. I know things. So, let's see. I have a new phone system in the Robinson Gary Studio Complex today. So, let's see if I can get this right on the first shot here. Alright, let's see if I can fix this phone. Get it working right here. Uh, let me see if I can get Abel. Uh, Abel, Rosario, my brother, are you there? I'm here. You are with me. How are you today, brother? I'm good. It's rainy, but I'm very good. Right on, right on. Well, keep yourself dry. I've been following you on uh, Facebook about this uh, classic tournament here, and I'm curious, are you having fun yet? I'm having so much fun <laughs> with this international tournament. It's awesome, right? And, and, and my second question have you recovered yet from Venezuela taking it to your Dominicans? Unbelievable. Um, yeah, Venezuela just took it to them. Uh, I, I think they, they're about to go to the knockout stage. Well, I think I was telling you before the tournament, I actually like Venezuela to advance into the uh, in, in the first round. I think they are formidable. Formidable. I thought they were better than Puerto Rico. It looks like Puerto Rico is showing that spirit, man. One thing about Puerto Rico, they die slow, man. They die slow. They they fight to the very end. And, uh, man, that is... Pool D is the pool of death, brother. Yeah, that's the pool of death. Um, and Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic in the same uh, group. I feel sorry for Nicaragua and Israel. I know. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I I, I personally feel I personally feel like this has been the best first round of the classic thus far uh, in 2023. I feel like the future of international baseball is getting better and better. So, you and I, we took this 20 team field and we developed our f- first week of power rankings for the 2023 WBC, and we essentially split the 20 teams up into two previous groups. You took the nine Latin teams, including the Kingdom of the Netherlands, and I took the 11 Anglo slash Asian teams, as well as Israel, and. We both been glued to the TV all week. I, I've been following your post, man. I'm, I'm loving everything you're putting out there. Uh, we're watching these games, chopping up the stats, scores, and results. And this is what we came up with. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start at 11 and 10. I will give you teams 11 and 10 on my power rankings. And then I will go to you and you, you give me your 10. And we'll go back and forth from there, okay? Gotcha. All right, bro. Uh so, officially, this is the 2023 Pool Play Abel and Jake WBC Power Rankings. <laughs> All right? Correct. It's official, brother. All right, here we go. Uh, number 11, I got China. They finished on 4 with a 22-2 to drubbing at the hands of Korea. 
uh, to finish out that first round of pool play. They did keep it close with Japan and the Czech Republic, but it's clear that China was just overmatched for the time being. The country only has a two-team league, and their winless first round and now denies them of an automatic berth in 2026. China will have to qualify to participate. Uh, I did see a little bit of a gem there at short, shortstop Jin Yang. Uh, he's quietly like this shining offensive star with limited power. He's probably their lone bright spot at this time. The pitching needs a lot of work. Uh, my advice, worry less about launching antiquated data balloons over sovereign foreign nations and attacking neighboring Taiwan and invest your resources and time into making better baseball players. And before I move on to number 10, uh, did you have any opinion about what you saw out of China? Oh, uh, yeah, China was not, not, yeah, wasn't competitive in many games. No, they, they, uh, they were just, they need some more help. Uh, yeah, they need a lot of help. And like I said, they only have a two team league. I don't know the, the, you know, the protocol with how baseball works in China. So, uh, I, I gotta imagine we probably won't see them in the next, uh, WBC. I, I, I highly doubt that that team qualifies. Uh, number uh, 10. Yeah. I got the Czech Republic. And you and I had a conversation last week where you didn't quite understand the love affair with the Czechs. And here's my take on that. In this country, if your team isn't the Goliath, then we usually root for David and his slingshot. You feel me? Uh, The Czechs were ultimate underdogs. The only player on the team with Major League Baseball experience was Eric Sogard. Uh, the rest were minor leaguers, college players, a representative of the Czech Baseball Extra Liga. Uh, they're talented ball players who, you know, basically wake up every day and go to work when they're not qualifying for international tournaments. They they looked overwhelmed by the speed. I don't mean the speed of the base runners. I'm talking speed, velocity of the pitches, and I'm also talking exit velo, baby. I mean, I saw some plays where, you know, big leaguers they eat those grounders up, but these guys they never saw smashes like that in their life, and it showed at times. Uh, defensively, they did look overwhelmed uh, by a few of these major league smashes. It also affected the outfield as the incredible exit reload contributed to line drives that hit the gaps much quicker and farther than they probably ever experienced before. But still, all in all, nothing for them to hang their head about. They can use experience to build on, and thanks to their one victory against China, they earned a free berth in the 2026 Classic. Uh, anything you want to add to Czech Republic before we go to your number 10 team? Yeah, um, I mean, they got a win out of this, so I think they, they got the first ever win for Czechs. I mean, it's a start for right. them for the, their history. Exactly. And some of the, yeah, some of the players like Sogard, the second baseman, he, you know, he's, he's pretty good. Um, I like the but, shortstop, too. Uh, I don't know if you know. Pitching. I didn't know, I don't know if you noticed the shortstop, but I can't, I think his name was Meshek. Uh, I thought he was a very good player. I, I think that that kid's got a, you know, he's got a passion for the game. I don't know if he can play, you know, in the majors or even on the minors for that reason, but he's got a passion for the game. I respected him, definitely, for sure. Right, right. So, what's your, so, number, t- what's your number 10 Latin team? Okay, so my... Uh, I had 19. You told me nine. That's right. You did have nine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I had 11 and you had nine. Go ahead. My fault. And so the ninth uh, uh, ranked team, I have Nicaragua. Owen Ford, 
tournament. Then I'm going to go to the NACAR stage. Um, they have some serviceable arms, but a very poor lineup. They only score like four to five runs total in the last four games, in the last, in the four games that they played in the World Baseball Classic. But, so they need some offense. Definitely. And uh, I, I, they, are, they, they, they cannot score no, no more than one run. Right. I right. Mean, it's, a, it's a nation of Dennis Martinez. <laughs> that's right. So uh, you're right. That's the best player ever. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. El Presidente. And also, um, that left fielder, boy, he was atrocious, man. I mean, he was, he, that's another one, overwhelmed, man, by, you know, the speed and how high these balls were. They just looked overwhelmed. But I will say this about Nicaragua, and I did think they would win at least one game. I'm kind of shocked that they didn't. Um, but I love the center fielder, uh, center fielder, Diego Montas, with the mustache. Oh, wow. Good stuff, yeah, man. Yeah. Great stuff, man. I'll yeah. never forget that dude for sure. Okay. Right. Uh, my turn. No, number nine, I have Great Britain, who currently sits at one and two. Uh, they had a truly stunning upset win over Colombia. I do not know how that happened. Uh, they actually, that was actually a gift for the United States. Um, but, you know, it secured their country's first ever WBC. Uh, the English show spirit. They overcome a 3-0 deficit to edge Columbia 7-5. Uh, the win guarantees a, them a berth in the 2026 uh, WBC. It should serve as a boon to a baseball program in its early infancies. Now, I was impressed with the bats of uh, left fielder Deshaun Knowles and shortstop Darnell Sweeney. That dude, I love that dude's English swagger. I, I see you bashing doubles out there sipping your noon tea at second base. Uh, keep pushing, brother. You got skills. Center fielder Trace Thompson, Harry Ford, they also showed me a little something. The pitching needs a lot of work. It's not quite international ready yet, but I think the future is bright for Great Britain, uh, our once colonial masters across the pond. What'd you, what's your take on Great Britain? Yeah, I mean they showed heart. I mean uh, when they won the the game, the upset game, they I mean that that was very emotional for them. I think the country has a good future. They got a lot of people in the minors right now, so I think they have a great future. I know. I think the pitching's got to get better, but I totally agree with you. I think the future is bright for Great Britain. Absolutely. Okay, go ahead. Your turn, buddy. Yeah. So I got from the eighth, uh, uh, my eighth place team is Panama. Okay. Panama is dotted with interesting young players. I remember the first game they had, uh, Mariano Rivera uh, did the first pitch. Right. It was very emotional for the country. Yeah. I think my, they should put Mariano Rivera as, you know, um, elect him for president. Because <laughs> yeah. His favorite baseball player ever. Yeah. I, I and, wonder... Uh, I don't know if you know anything about Panama, but I wonder, do they have, like, these baseball academies down there? I'm a little surprised that they didn't win a little, you know, two games or so. Um, But I guess they did win a game, though. Or did they not win a game? They won two games. Okay, so, so, okay. They were in a weak pool. Gotcha. Well, well, you know what? That's that's fair, but you know what? They'll be back in the next... uh, WBC, so they'll get another chance. They they got their win in the first round. They'll they'll be back, and hopefully they'll be better. Yeah, I know they will, and I mean the the team strength is the pitching staff. Right? They got the Jaime Barria, right? He's very good. Yes, but, yes. Just, uh, you know Justin Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Those are good names that they yeah. for their future. You're and right. Javi Guerra, you know the manager. He was their you know um, 
he was in the major leagues, and he knows about the Panama. So I think they, yeah, I think they have some interesting young players. Cool, man. Great take, brother. Uh, number eight for me is Taiwan. They finished two and two. They just couldn't find anyone to help uh, Yu Chang out. Who really? I mean, he just had an amazing tournament. Former uh, Cleveland farmhand, he batted four eighty seven with two homers, uh, eight RBIs. He's tied with Otani for the WBC lead in RBIs after four games. Uh, they did upset Netherlands, which should bode well for them going into her future. Uh, I was also I was also impressed with pitcher Shihao Sung. Uh, nice action. Movement, good velocity. I don't know if you had a take on Taiwan or not. Uh, no, I, I wasn't following them much, but uh, I, I what's the power hitter name? Yu Chang. Yu Chang. Yu Chang. Right. That's correct. That's, yeah. I heard of him, yeah. Yeah, he was, a, he, he was the one, you know, really, that's the stick that's going to carry you. They should build around him. Uh, he, he was actually in the Cleveland farm system for a while, but I'm not, I guess the number game, you know, Cleveland always has a shitload of middle infielders. So, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I guess he didn't make it long there. Go ahead, brother. Your turn. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, I have it in my seventh team, the Netherlands. I'm sorry. Um, they, I know they won two games, but they were in the weakest pool of the World Baseball Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, they dis- they disappointed me. They featured a ta- they're talented infield. Yeah, you know, typically they're competitive, but yep. they they did not win the necessary games in the pool A. But I really love Xander Bogers. Yeah. Player. Yeah. One game this uh, this World Baseball Classic. Mm-hmm. And also Didi Gregorius. Yeah, yeah, I I love Didi, man. I I really do, man. And that is when I think about Didi Gregorius, I always think about him having to take over Derek Jeter. And you know what? That dude did yeah. a okay, man. That's hard. That's big shoes to follow. You feel me? And I'm gonna agree with you, man. I uh, there's only one other team that disappointed me more than the Netherlands, and we'll get to it eventually. But yes, I'm very disappointed in the Netherlands. Their pitching was, you know, subpar. They certainly got to get better there. But yeah, I, I just very disappointed in the Netherlands. Absolutely, they should have been in the second round for sure. I had them in the second round for sure. I agree with you. Yes. Number seven for me, I got Israel at one and one. Uh, even though they were steamrolled and no hit by Puerto Rico in eight innings on Monday, they do have a victory versus Nicaragua. But the future looks bleak with Dominican Republic and Venezuela on the horizon. Through two games, they had six batters with official at-bats who have yet to get a hit. They got three guys batting 200 or lower. And ultimately, thank goodness for right fielder Alex Dick. Dickerson and third baseman Garrett Stubbs uh, as they've been the only two hitters in the lineup to show any type of life and their best arm by far is closer Robert Stark and that's Israel Wow uh, they, they have uh, impressed me in this uh, tournament they, um, I think they, they also have a bright future there in the, yes in the in Israel. I think the Israelis and the Italians have so shown probably the most growth since the very first their very first tournament appearance. Those two uh, countries have steadily gotten better. All right, your turn, buddy. My my 
is the uh, the sixteen, yeah, yeah, six ranked team. That's Colombia. Okay. Um, Colombia, I think they they have a, a pitching staff that's strong enough. Yes. You know, they keep their teams together. Mm-hmm. Um, they the highlight of the tournament was beating Mexico, and <laughs> they have done well in that game. That was very emotional for them. Yes, it uh, was. The score was. Could be very tough for them. So yes, uh, the manager Joeberg Cabrera. Mm-hmm. You know he has the top. The top players are like Harold Ramirez, Jorge Alfaro, Elias Diaz. Those those and Ursula, Gio Ursula, the third baseman. They have a good talented team, Colombia, but they did not uh, beat the teams that they needed to beat. So they yeah. are my my sixth rank team. Okay, well number six. I got Canada at one and one, and uh, I feel like there's it's kind of hard to distinguish much of a dis- difference between Canada and Israel. Uh, the Israelis were embarrassed by the Puerto Ricans, and the Canadians were abused by the Americans. But you know, Canada rebounds today. Uh, I believe that was against Colombia, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, both teams are at one and one, and to me, it's a, it's a coin flip, honestly. Uh, Israel might be better. But after that win today, you know, Canada might be better. The Canadian pitching is so bad. They have former Orioles draft bus Adam Lowen, who was selected fourth in 2002, as well as John Axford, who just turned 40 and hasn't thrown a competitive pitch since 2021. I'm not very high on Canada. Um, yeah, I'm, not, I'm just not very high on them. I, I think the difference between Canada and Israel is basically a coin flip. What about Freddie Freeman? Did he play last time? I think he got hurt or something. I think he, you, you might be right. I don't have my producer here tonight, so I don't have someone here to check on that. Sorry about that. Okay. It's okay. So my next team, uh-huh. on my fifth, my fifth rank, uh, is, um, Cuba. Uh, I know they got into the knockout stage. They just made it in the week pool A. Uh, but they, they still have the, Lewis Roberts and Yuan Moncada, mm-hmm. they had big hits during the series. So Armando Johnson, the manager, had them playing hard, even though they, have, they don't have their best players overall from Cuba, but they still have the major league players that used to deflect. Yes. Some of them deflected to the USA, right. uh, but they play with them, which was good. Yeah, and that is cool. Now they're allowed to play... For the national team. Yeah, that's so very cool. Major League Baseball. That's very cool. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I thought I wasn't really high on Cuba coming into the tournament. I didn't feel like it was their strongest squad that I've seen them. I think their second year. I mean, they were just they were just so good. And I felt like you know, yeah, you know, it's kind of fool's gold here. Uh, you know, uh, they got Mancada and Luis Roberts. But, you know, Makata's been hitting the hell out of the ball in this tournament. Um, but I really didn't think, I really didn't think that was enough to propel them. In fact, uh, you know, going back to the Netherlands, I thought the Netherlands would have that spot, quite honestly. You know what I mean? So, uh, Cuba has kind of surprised me. And I think as we go deeper, quarterfinals, uh, semifinals, finals, I think Cuba's built for this kind of tournament play. And, uh, they could be a, dark horse uh, team that could, you know, cut somebody's throat, maybe. Right. Uh, So, 
I told you that the Netherlands was my second biggest disappointment for me. And I'm going to tell you my first right now. And that's uh, Korea at number five. Uh, the, wow. The Korean baseball organization, it's been around for like 40 years now. And that league and country, they're kind of experiencing these baseball growing pains right now. The Koreans have grown weary of losing to Japan. That wasn't helped by the 13-4 pounding that uh, the Japanese administered to them in the, in the tournament here. I did like the fact that they seemed genuinely pissed off the next day, and uh, they absolutely took it out on the Chinese, beating them 22-5 to five in five innings. So it's back to the drawing board for Cuba, and I am genuinely shocked. I expected Korea in the second round. It's embarrassing almost. Uh, Hassan Kim. Me too. Yeah, Hassan Kim. Me too. He brought his power bat this year. He dropped on three times, drove in six. But, you know, his 188, 278, 750 slash, you know, besides, besides that slug, that's just atrocious. And all in all, the offense wasn't bad. The Koreans got productive classic out of uh, Baikou Kong. Uh, center fielder Young Ho Lee, catcher Uji Yang, and uh, Kun Wu Park, their veteran right fielder. But the pitching was just really bad this year. And it was an anchor attached to the throat of the Koreans, and it dragged them down ultimately. And I'm absolutely amazed that they didn't advance. And I know you have a little bit of background with Korean baseball. What is your take on their WBC tournament? Right now, I'm, I, I was yeah, I'm disappointed with <laughs> like you with uh, Korea because that when the time I was in South Korea, I the baseball was big back in the '90s, late '90s, right? And they, you know, their baseball organizations were growing. Mm-hmm. I, I even met uh, uh, an agent from one of their players and, and met some Americans in Korea. Okay, who played in the KBO. Right on. And, you know, their their system is so good. But um, but the turning point for this World Baseball Classic for Korea was that game against Australia. Yes, uh, when that was one of the most exciting games of this classic games in which Perkins threw out Edmund. I know that was really a hurt. That really hurt Korea. Preach, brother, preach it. That's what I'm talking about. Go ahead, your turn. Mexico is the next team that I have. That's number four, the right? More I look at, yeah, the, you know, the more I look at this roster, the more positive I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they don't have no, you know, superstars. Right. Like you see, like, you know, like Dominican or well, the United States. Mm-hmm. But they got a group of solid players like Julio Urias, Patrick Sandoval, who pitched very good in the last game, mm-hmm. and Taiwan Walker yeah. in the rotation. And then you got the big time stage yeah. performing. Yes. Uh, Randy Rosarena. I mean, he is amazing, brother. I'm going to tell you, I think he's one of the most <laughs> undervalued players in the game. He plays in Tampa, and everybody forgets about him until you have to play that dude, and he, and he slashes your throat. I, I mean, he loves the stage. He, he does. To, you know, he, he was clutch. Yeah. I mean, he, he, they beat uh, they beat uh, uh, the United States, right? That's what they beat, there. Right? Uh-huh. And they and Joey Meneses, Joey Manessi? what's his name? Joey oh, Manessi? Joey Manessis, yeah, for the it's Nationals, yeah. With the biggest, the wow. biggest backflip, yeah, 
that we ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I, I got to be honest with you, though. I'm kind of shocked that they lost to Colombia. That that was a gift to the United States. They still own the tiebreaker of the United States, but that's a gift right there. I mean, you know that that was just that was a horrible loss. I didn't like that loss at all. Yeah, yeah but I think that I mean they have a chance to go to the knockout stage. Let's see what sure. happens with the United States, but. Uh, but the U- U.S. better uh, win the next game. Agreed. All right, so let's move on. Number four, I got the fighting Piazzas, Team Italy. Uh, they're finishing their they finished their first round of pool play by defeating the Netherlands. They escaped a five way tie at two and two with eventual tiebreaker to advance to the quarters. Matt Harvey, your boy, former Matt. Uh, he's been superb as an anchor for the Italians pitching rotation. Two wins, ERA of 1.29 and 7.1 innings pitched. And going back to my diatribe last week, you might not have heard it, but you know people were trying to tell me that wins have no value. Wins have value. They matter. You know, without Harvey's two wins, Italy doesn't advance, dumbasses. Now, you, you, you can't tell me that wins don't matter. You can tell me to your blue in the face. They matter. Maybe not as much as you value them, and maybe deservedly so, but wins still have value. It's such a ridiculous argument. But anyway, I digress. If Harvey can keep this train rolling, the Italians have a shot to go even deeper. He's beaten Cuba, an underachieving Dutch team, and I gotta think his confidence is probably up right now. Uh, the Italians, they gotta hit better. They're, they are slowly getting better with Every tournament appearance they make, but the Italians have yet to drop dong in this tournament, which I hear Italian dong is delicious, by the way, with a side of shiitake mushrooms paired with a dry Chianti. But I do. I like this Italian team. What do you think? I love the Italian team. Um, I love that some of my Mets represent the Italy team, Mm -hmm. especially Mike Piazza as their manager. Yes. Mike Piazza having them play hard. It's working. So I think they have a future. Yeah. Yeah. All right, your turn. Okay, so the next uh, team that I have in the, my list is Puerto Rico. Mm. Puerto Rico has an amazing uh, team. The, the, the other defense, well, not defense, sorry. They have uh, very talented positions in every way. The rotation, had, they have Marcus Strowman as their ace. And of course, do you have your boy Javi Baez? Mm-hmm. And you know, I know you like him. El Mago. And of course, my Met, my one of my favorite Met, Edwin Diaz, mm-hmm. having the they contributed to the no hitter that they accomplished yeah. in the World Baseball Classic. Yes, sir. By the way, which is the first ever no hitter in the World Baseball Classic. Strowman and almost got him there. Their captain, Francisco Lindor. Yes, I think they have a they have a great team. And also, they have some young, uh, good uh, players like Jose Miranda. I love Miranda from the Twins. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, Emmanuel Rivera from the uh, D-backs. Uh, ah. So, they have some good young players and also a mix of uh, older players, which is a good mix with them. And I think for the next game against the Dominican Republic, they must win in order to advance. Because, yeah. you know, they are in the pool of death. Uh-huh. This is Venezuela and Dominican Republic uh-huh. in the same group. Yeah. I think the winner from between Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico will be the one to go Advance. with uh, Venezuela 
That's for me. Facts. I, I 100% agree with that assessment. Um, and like I told you at the beginning, I, I wasn't really high on Puerto Rico. I was much higher on Venezuela than Puerto Rico. But Puerto Rico, man, like I said, man, they die slow, brother. Them Puerto Ricans, they fight you to the bitter end. And uh, they pretty much done it in every tournament, man. They've been to the bottles twice. They died slow. You know what I'm saying? They didn't win, but they died slow. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I probably will never... Uh, underestimate Puerto Rico ever again. Um, my number three team is Australia. And for me, they are the biggest surprise of the tournament with a 3-1 record. Now, they're set to match up with a vulnerable Cuba in the quarterfinals. They've participated in every WBC, and this is their... Uh, this is their first shot at playing for a semifinal berth. They they came into the tournament as underdogs, but Korea faltered, and the Aussies took advantage. Their only loss in first-round action was to Japan. As of right now, <laughs> Australia is the Cinderella to the ball. Jack O'Loughlin, Kyle Jagoski, they've been valuable weapons as dominant openers. Uh, O'Loughlin in two starts, 4.2 innings pitched. He's got a 1.93 ERA and a .21 whip. Batters are batting .067 against him. Uh, and Gioski's lone start, he picked up the win in a 2.2 innings of work. Gave up zero runs, struck out five. Uh, keep an eye on second base from Robbie Glendening. Uh, if they're going to have any chance against Japan, they're going to need his bat. He's a Kansas City Royal farmhand. He built a two home runs, drove in six, sports a 375, 444, 750 slash, and a 1.194 OPS in pool play. Uh, Denning, he's going to need teammate t- uh, right fielder Tim Kennelly to complement his offensive attack. The Australian right fielder had some clutch pool play moments. Uh, he's slashing right now. He's at. 308, 438, 615, and he's got an OPS of 1.053. So, folks, Australia has proven to me, once and for all, they are a legitimate baseball nation. I'm not putting them up there with the United States, Japan, and DR, of course, but they're legitimate. And they have improved every year exponentially since the very first inaugural classic. I agree with you. Actually, this is going to be my my uh, most surprising team, also. Okay. Uh, for me. Okay. Uh, uh, I, once I once I saw that exciting game against Korea, uh, the, the, their their signature win for the World Baseball Classic. Mm-hmm. I think that that bodes well for the future. I think the Australian has a they have a, a baseball system over there that is, is working, uh, and they have a lot of young players. So. I, I'm with you. All right, brother. All right. So, who you got at three? Okay, so I have I, actually at two for my nine. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, two. We're at two. You're right. Nine is the Dominican Republic. Okay, you got them two. Interesting. I know it's, you know, it's the country that I'm, where my family is from. Uh-huh. Uh, they, have a, they have a loaded lineup. Uh, for many, a lot of people... Uh, pick them as the one of the best lineup they've ever seen. Sure. Of course. I mean, sure. you have uh, yeah. a Rafael Devers, a Wonder Franco from the Rays, Vladimir Guerrero. Yeah, I mean, it's stacked. Uh-huh. Uh, Jeremy Pena, the young and upcoming superstar for the Astros. Uh, and, of course, the GM player, Nelson Cruz. I know he's older. 
Right. He was the GM for the. He's the one who picked all those players. He's he's the uh, the Dominican Republic asked him to do that job, and he made a a, a good good um, job making this team and calling each one of them right. to come up. And all, I also want to mention Julio Rodriguez. Yeah. And Elo Jimenez. Yes. Those 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 are. Those are those are like uh, top five players of you know of all major league baseball. Yeah, uh, you know, and and they're very talented. But my thing is, their starting rotation is not as deep as we wanted them to. Um, you know, they only have Sandy Alcantara, the Cy Young winner. Yeah, but you know, after that, you know, so many so many questions. But the good thing, they have a deep bullpen. Their bullpen yes. with, of course, uh, mm-hmm. Rafael Montero, mm-hmm. Jose. Leclerc, mm-hmm. um, Camilo Duval, uh, and of course uh, from the Indians, the Indians closer. Guess who's that? Uh, classy. Oh, but oh, no, that's uh, a- but classy. I don't think he's yeah. I don't think he he, he made it. But he's one of Dominicans. But he didn't get to the go to the uh, World Baseball Classic. But we also have Hector Neris. Oh, Neris. Okay. Gotcha. Uh huh. Those those arms in the bullpen, yeah, you know, um, they make they mix it up for the starting rotation. Um, they they disappointed me when they lost to Venezuela, but mm-hmm. that's the only loss. Yeah. So the next game against Puerto Rico will determine if they're gonna advance to yeah. the next knockout stage. I agree with everything you just said, and I also uh, I think that you know no one. Ex- and you told me this at the beginning that you really weren't crazy about their starting rotation. I thought their starting rotation would be fine. Uh, Alcantara, we didn't expect him to, you know, cough it up like that in that first game. And I don't know that he's going to do that again. Hopefully that was just kind of, you know, like some side effect shit that went down there. But, uh, yeah, the bullpen is definitely loaded. And I'm not totally against your starting rotation. I'm not as against it as you have been from the start. Um, and, you know, look, Venezuela, you know, they, they ambushed you, and they put you in a tight spot there. So we're going to see what happens between you and Puerto Rico. I think it's going to be, you know, be a, it's going to be the pivotal game of the tournament so far. Yeah, it's going to be packed. It's going to be in Miami. You know, the stadium's going to be full. There's a lot of Puerto Ricans in Orlando. Yeah. The, the stadium, the atmosphere is going to be awesome. All right, let's move along here because the time is ticking. At number two, I have the United States of America after that stunning loss to Mexico as well as some lackluster play going into the tourney. The Americans were able to right the ship by embarrassing Canada on Tuesday 12-1. to And uh, the Americans went into the tournament as the prohibitive favorites and Deservedly so, as the dugout is literally a who's who of today's crop of baseball superstars. Starting Padres reliever Nick Martinez versus Mexico. That was a questionable call in game one. And now Mexico owns that tiebreaker of the state should have ended a tie. Uh, they pounded Canada, and they showed they could score a run in bunches in any inning. But the game versus Mexico proved that that lineup can still be a little streaky and go ice cold. They 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 kind of remind me of like some of these Yankee teams of the two thousands where you get all these superstars at these positions and they're not the best at you know situational hitters or whatever. Your 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 uh your your heart monitor's going up, brother. Uh, 
I'm fixing it now. Sorry. Clear. Sorry. Okay, you're live. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So yeah, I got I got the United States at number uh, two. Who do you have at number one? Well, we all know who it is. It's Venezuela. But give me your. Uh... That's that's correct. Venezuela. Uh, they're three and zero. They uh, for me. I, you know, I've been watching some of the games and uh, many of the hitters and the highlights. For me, this is the most contact-oriented lineup. Mm -hmm. um, to, for me, I mean, uh, maybe even, Japan. Uh, the other day, uh, Santander with that backflip. Uh, yeah, your Oriole player. Yeah, that boy yeah, is going he, off. He is going <laughs> off. <laughs> but I agree with you. I, I think. See, unlike the United States, I think they got an Altuve and these guys that can, you know, uh, manufacture runs. Besides having to hit the ball out of the stadium. Uh, I also think that uh, you you say they're probably the most uh, contact oriented team. I would say Japan's right there with them too. I think that the Venezuela and Japan they have a lot of similarities in their ball clubs. Right, and you know Venezuela also has a history of disappointing at the WBC mm -hmm. before. That's right. But, that, but now they are they have a stacked lineup. They have improved pitching staff from the last time. I mean, they, they're a contender. I think they can go all the way to the knock in the championship. Yeah. Hopefully, they can. Uh, the pitching can hold up. They, I think they can do it. I, mean, I, I think. I mean, I think. I, I think it, to go to the championship. I think it would be great if Venezuela won the WBC. I think it would be awesome. I think it would be great for the tournament and the future. I think it would be great. Um, you know, uh, I'm definitely a fan of the team. Uh, number one, I got Team Samurai Japan. With their 4 0 record in first round pool play. Uh, coming into the tournament, all the noise has been about the Dominicans and the United States. Um, right. Meanwhile, both of those teams have losses on their record, and the Japanese remain perfect. And let me tell you, it's not a fluky 4 0, it's a dominant 4 0. Uh, they've beaten their first round pool B opponents by a combined score of 35 to 8. Uh, this may be. Wow. The most stacked Japanese lineup ever. Munataka Murakami, Shohei Otani, Kazuma Okamoto, Kazuki Kondo. I love Kondo. I love that kid. Uh, they provide the thump. Ukio Shudo and Takuma Nakano. They bring that blazing speed and athleticism. They play solid fundamental defense. And boy, oh boy, can the Japanese pitch. In the rotation and out of the bully, uh, Yoshina, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto is someone you might want to keep an eye on, uh, as I expect him to post and play in America when he's able. Uh, as talented as he is, and he is a freak. Back-to-back -back Sawamura Awards, which is akin to the American uh, Cy Young Award. He routinely, routinely hits 100 on the jugs. He pitched a 19-strikeout-perfect game last April. So remember that name, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And there is so much talent on that team. I, I could do a whole show on those dudes. It's kind of fitting that they call themselves they call themselves Samurai Japan. What? Because uh, when I look at them, I see a team of dudes that are in search of total baseball perfection. And this team is every bit as scary as the U.S. or the Dominican Republic on paper and on the field. I agree with you. And one and two words. Shohei Otani. Oh, my the God. Of the, the pool. He's, he's just a monster. 
I mean, it's incredible, dude. I've been saying that. I look, I think if this guy keeps this trajectory for the next 15, player, 15 years, 12 to 15 years, he's the GOAT. He is the fucking GOAT. There's no <laughs> argument about it. Okay? He's a top five pitcher, and he's a top five fucking slugger, man. It don't get no better than that. So, right. exactly. I love doing this with you, man. I feel that while the USA has more power, the Japanese play better as a unit. Same with Venezuela. Uh, quite quite honestly, at this point, I think Venezuela is a better unit than Americans. Uh, the Americans, like I said, they remind me of these Yankee teams and, you know, they got a lot of hope, high-profile players who depend on power while both Japan and Venezuela are, you know, better units I feel. They're more balanced, they have more reliable situational hitters who can produce runs without leaving the park. But, look, we got two more weeks to go and I'm sure you and I will much have much more to discuss. So you're going to stop through for a couple minutes the next two weeks till we get to the winner, correct? Correct. We, we better talk about the knockout stages and the championship. Absolutely, awesome. brother. Absolutely, brother. Okay, so I look forward to speaking with you next week. Thanks for stopping by, brother. Yeah, I love your fucking takes. I love your passion for the WBC. And uh, we'll talk soon, brother, okay? All right. I'll see you later, Jake. All right, Abel. Thank you, bro. Thank you. And there you have it, folks. Uh, we can put another backwards K-Pod in the books as I'm going to wrap it up here. So, we got a lot of stuff out there about the WBC. And you should probably start by turning your TV onto FS1 and FS2 to catch all the pool play action thus far. Yeah, whatever happened to the uh, Bevaluzas? Remember, like, the first tournaments? They always were blowing those things in the background. Whatever happened to those things? I liked them. I know people are, you know, Americans don't like, uh, they don't like excitement in the stands at baseball games. But uh, I kind of dig it. But uh, look, it's been the best first round ever in the history of the tournament. And I believe the WBC is it's only going to get better going forward. You can go to YouTube, and they have highlight packages for every game played so far. So if you miss any games, just go there and check it out. And it makes me so happy to see this game growing beyond the borders of America. The truth is, and I know some people won't like this, I believe it has been a great thing. Uh, I feel like it's been great that while the U.S. is always among the favorites to win every year, they've only won one. And it's... I don't think it's good to have Americans dominate this tournament every time it's played. Uh, Let me amend that. It's great for American egos, but it's not great for the survival of the tournament. I'm pragmatic about these things, as my only wish in life is for the game to continue to grow for the sake of parity and the WBC. It's good to have winners outside of the U.S. I feel like Japan is almost drifting into this area as well. Uh, They win here in 2023, which would be their third in five tournaments. Now, Let's be clear. I want the U.S. to play hard. I want them to play to win. But if they don't, it's okay. In fact, watching a Venezuela or a Puerto Rico win, I think it would be great. Or maybe someday the Koreans or the Netherlands. Ultimately, 
True parity and competitive balance are the thing that will keep this tournament growing. But it's a great start. And with this being the fifth tournament, the WBC is really just beginning to write her story. So, with the World Baseball Classic story in the books and slowly getting smaller in my rearview mirror, I now turn my steely-eyed attention to our next topic as I chop the head off of our baseball hydro, only to see two more baseball topics grow in its place. And look, I know we got some old people, older people like myself, you know, old people. Uh, any of you remember that old baseball show, Home Run Derby? I can feel some of the youngins here giving their listening devices a quizzical look right now. Uh, Home Run Derby was an amazing TV show back in the day. It featured MLB stars like Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Ted Williams, Mickey Mantle, Harmon Killebrew, and these dudes would go head-to-head with one another in a televised home run derby contest. It's one of the greatest baseball television ideas ever, and I'm going to share the story next week of the home run derby TV show. Don't forget next week, I'll also have a bonus show later in the week after our normal Tuesday show in the Home Run Derby. I will be determining a winner in our LCBPN throwback draft. That was done on the Let's Talk Baseball Podcast Network Facebook group page last month. And we will be drawing for my annual manager's death pool during the show as well. That's uh, very simple. I call your name on the air, and then I pick your 2023 manager out of the hat. And if he gets fired... You win a prize. Real simple. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. I still got a couple spots open if you want to join. Get in where you can fit in by emailing me backwardskpod at gmail.com. You can go to Twitter at back underscore K underscore podcast. Go ahead and post hashtag managers death pool. You can go to my private Facebook group page, the Let's Talk Baseball Podcast Network, and leave a message if you want in. So, yeah. Next week, going to be busy, 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 busy. But every single one of you seamhead freaks, you're all fucking worth it. So, home run derby, manager's death pool, throwback draft, those are all upcoming shows next week for another pod. Here at Backwards K-Pod, where we collect ball players and their stories. Thanks for stopping by and sharing my sandbox with me. I'll promise I'll try to be better next week. Thank you, Abel Rosario, for checking in with that WBC skinny. We'll talk next week more about the tournament. Uh, drink Budweiser. Support Crawfish Hand Clear for No Mo M-E-A-U-X Smelly Hands. Parents, if you see your kid sitting on the couch looking bored AF, please, please, I beg of you, take him or her outside and play a game of catch. Thank y'all for coming out. God bless and win the day. And like my boy Shay Hillenbrand told me in our one-on-one with open kimonos, you go to hell, Andy Pettit. See you next week, Seamheads. Peace.